Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we'll be diving into episode three of Sanditon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just watched this one together. As Yeah, which is fresh in our minds. And <laughs> we just don't trust Sydney's quote-unquote transformation. So Yeah, they're starting to try the Sydney rehabilitation, but... Nope. <laughs> we'll see Not how it goes because <laughs> the preview for next episode made it look like it wasn't going to last very long. <laughs> I was a little bit disappointed we didn't get more Georgiana this episode. That's true. And I even did my DJ on her for this episode. So, um, but it looks like next episode will be all about her. Oh, yeah, definitely. Which is. I'm ex- <laughs> very excited about because she's the best. Yeah, she's awesome. I'm very excited to get to know her more. Yeah, so... I guess we're, we're doing things a little bit differently today because we mm-hmm. don't have that many notes. So we're going to do a couple yeah. of extra stuff at the end, but we only have a couple of production notes. So I guess we could go ahead and start on that. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you had, oh, I guess we could do first impressions. Did we say it? What's our first impression? <laughs> <laughs> What's your first impression? So I would say I enjoyed this episode. The whole doctor thing was fun and Oh yeah, a, I like Doctor. You know, kooky Fuchs. new character. <laughs> we can we still trying to figure out if it's Fuchs or Fuchs or <laughs> all sorts of names. <laughs> I kind of enjoyed like the darkness between Clara and Esther. Oh yeah, gosh, so much happens in this episode. Yeah, and just I don't know, just the way that they understand each other and <laughs> yeah, all <laughs> the characters get more complex. <laughs> yeah, and it's just I loved. I what's so great about this adaptation, I think, is that. It just feels, and I think I said it in the first episode, like we're not being like given the story with like little kid gloves because yeah. we're having these people who are being devious for money. Like in past adaptations, it felt like they were just like, I'm going to get that money. And now, <laughs> they, you know, we have people being like, I'm going to burn myself yeah. to, you know, all these like devious little plots that they have. And I just really enjoy the realness and the darkness of it. Yeah. 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 That's definitely a darker. It's kind of, I want to say Mansfield Parkish, just because mm-hmm. I feel like Mansfield Park has a bit of a darker tone than most of them, just a little bit. But um, yeah, it's definitely got more drama. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on under the surface, and from what we learned last week on the um, about, you know, the original, or I guess over the last two weeks about the original. A fragment of the novel and what maybe it was setting up it did mm-hmm. seem to be a lot about like what are our surface what do we think when we first meet someone and what do we notice mm-hmm. and how do we change our opinions and you know seeing through the fog and everything right so i think it's actually you know i don't know i doubt this is what jane also would have written no but i, don't think so I do either. think it is capturing the spirit yeah and that's kind of like <laughs> what i really enjoy about it is you know i as much as I love Jane Austen and as much as we all love Jane Austen, she had a specific, like, I guess, formula, you can say, for how her stories would eventually kind of, you know, what form they would take on their journey and the characters would take. And yeah. I'm kind of glad that we're getting more of a more, like, rougher uh, Charlotte and yeah. just everyone else is a little bit more, I guess, what we would be like. It just seems more real. Yeah. I hate using that word over and over again, but I don't know how else to describe it. Well, she just seems more down to earth and Mm -hmm. maybe more... um, Relatable. Relatable to us, for sure. Yeah. Considering she's, I would say, technically at this point, a modern character. Yeah. I mean, she does have a gentleman father. She does 
I think she mentions the tenants, mm-hmm. her father's tenants. And so I guess, you know, he does, but also their house seemed to really small in comparison mm-hmm. and they had a ton of children. So I feel like she's just more practical. Like she yeah. has to be. Yes. Yeah. And I, f- I feel like what, and when we look at someone like Catherine Moreland, where the mistakes she was making, we all saw them come. We were like, please don't make these mistakes. <laughs> yeah. She made very typical, like, 16 year old girl type mistakes where i feel like charlotte yeah she's misperceiving people but only because they're putting on an act for how they want her to perceive right not just because she thought of it in a book you know she imagined it It it's like her naivete around the world is not necessarily on her lack of experience but her like just about people but her lack of experience i guess seeing through like facades yeah yeah you couldn't be sarcastic around Catholic, Catherine Marlin because she no. didn't understand right. that you were not telling the truth at all times. But I feel like Charlotte does understand that people aren't always truthful, but she does take everyone at face value, at least at the beginning, you know. Right. She has, I would say it's one of those things where she has the best intentions for everyone. Yeah. So, but I, I don't know, I'm really enjoying this a lot. <laughs> Yes, definitely. <laughs> all right. Well, let's go ahead and do our little bit of notes for now. Yes. Oh, wait, did I say my first impression? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I keep trying to I think, cut myself out of the opinion portion. I think what we keep doing is we keep forgetting to announce first impressions, and we kind of just lead into it somehow and kind of give our first impressions, but kind of don't. And Yeah. Yeah, what was your first impression? I guess, yeah, basically the same, you know, like, very much more excitement. They had a, I mm-hmm. love Dr. Fuchs. Yes. I really like him a lot. And we got a little bit of Arthur and Diana, which was fun with him. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to see the full extent of Clara's deviousness. Seriously. And also we get to learn a little bit more about how we're supposed to feel sorry for her. But I still can't help but think she's just too devious for... I mean, I there is there is like, you know, sympathy, yes. But like excusing behavior, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she does seem I a mean, little... they're all kind of devious though. So I don't know why I so dislike her style of deviousness <laughs> compared to like Esther. But I don't know. Well, I think it's because Esther is more like overtly devious and you can read it all over her. And then Clara is like putting on this act of like... I don't even feel like Esther is devious. It's more like she's unnecessarily honest and people just pretend like she's not serious right (laughs) yeah i don't know i i totally get what you're calling with clara and i don't know i guess we'll see and we definitely get more stringer yes (laughs) Uh, we need to come up with like a a ship name for stringer and charlotte string it charlotte charlotte (laughs) Charlotte. (laughs) not the stringer that sounds horrible. No, not that was flattering, but I want them to be together. I guess if he had a first name. Yeah, he's referred Stringwood? to as Young Stringer and Old Stringer. Stringwood or Hager? <laughs> nope, they can't uh, be a couple because nope. they can't have a good shipping name. <laughs> I'm sure there is one. He just seems like the perfect, like, not dopey, but just kind of like, I don't know, husband who would be like, that's my wife. Like, I'm not going to try to control her because she's not like, she can't be controlled. Yeah, well, I gosh, I feel like I still need to get to know him way better before I can yeah. hook him up with Charlotte. <laughs> yes, but as long as it's not Sydney, I'm fine. Yeah, well, Sydney did redeem himself somewhat in this one. Ooh, I was kind of bit. going back and forth, being like, "All right, let's give Sydney a chance, Maya. You gotta 
figure out why people like him and <laughs> he does have some, he does have some redeeming yeah. moments in this one for sure but we'll see if they last we'll see it doesn't look like it yeah the preview for next week i mean normally i don't really take too much stock in the previews because you can make it look like anything is going to happen right so we'll see but it's he seemed very much back to his old ways <laughs> old, <laughs> old mean self yeah okay but okay let's move on to notes <laughs> So we are on episode three. We have pretty much all the same cast. We haven't really gotten anything new. We kind of say goodbye to uh, Mr. Crow uh, and Lord Babington. For now, yes. For now, at least. Matthew Needham and Mark Stanley. We got Ollie Blackburn as the director again. Obviously, Andrew Davies as the writer. I thought there was more than one writer and more than one director, but I guess I was wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Good thing you caught me. There was another writer on this episode. It was Justin Young. Oh, okay. Yeah. Excuse me. I thought there was like a writer's room. Well, I, I'm not sure if it's one of those things because some writers, like notorious, like big writers, they sometimes will have like a writer's room, but will like be like, oh, it's written by me. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it yeah. usually has to do with who writes the majority of the episode. Yeah, he might just so. have like editors maybe or something. Yeah. But I guess Justin Young... Yeah, big... co-wrote it. Yeah, yeah, but only one director. This only is the same director we've had for the last two. So maybe well, he's maybe he's the only director. That's yeah, interesting. That's what I'm thinking. We'll have to. You'll have to look him up sometime and tell us some notes about him. <laughs> yes, I, that's yeah. That's definitely gonna be one of mine because he seemed familiar to me and his name does. So I'm sure he's done plenty of other things. Um, it came out a week after, so now we're entering. I think what they probably did was first two episodes they threw out, and then oh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. started doing the week apart. Kind yeah, of that's like, probably what happened. Yeah, like with WandaVision and stuff. I think that might be it for now. Okay, well, we got some extra special stuff at the end to come back to. Yes. So let's just go ahead and do the recap then. Yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> Back and Sanditon, part three. So we start off with a lot of hammering and work being done on the town. We see Sydney waking up hungover in like the lobby of his boarding house or something on the couch. Apparently he drank more last night because he was embarrassed because he got seen naked. Oh, wow. Uh, And Mary back at Trafalgar house. Mary wants to know if anything impressive caught Charlotte's eye on the beach. <laughs> and she remembers seeing Sydney <laughs> erupting Venus style out of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> but she's gone off. Charlotte is working on some town paperwork. Mm-hmm. When Sydney and Tom walk in, she immediately hides under the desk in probably the dumbest move possible. Yep. <laughs> it's always a bad move. Yeah. <laughs> She immediately gets caught. It's like, uh, it would be better just walk out immediately, you know? Yes. But she's embarrassed to see Sydney because so naked. She's so naked. <laughs> Even though we didn't. Yeah. Because BBS hates us. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So she gets caught by them and leaves. And says, Sydney is like, I'm sorry, but I can't keep my friends entertained and they have to go. 
<sighs> I mean, down. come on, Sydney. You brought two friends. They stayed for like one week. What? You're you're so bad at your job. Was it? You I had mean... <laughs> one job was to make sure your friends have fun. I feel like maybe your income is riding on this as well. I would think the family's right. income is kind of tied up in this whole beach town <laughs> project, but um, maybe just Tom's money. I don't know. Maybe he has other like business prospects that his family does not know about. I mean, I'm sure he has other stuff going on because he obviously had a relationship with Miss Lamb's father and in the West right. Indies. So maybe he was in the military. Who knows? Okay, so Mary and I think Mary and Charlotte are on a walk and she's sad that Tom no longer has any time for the children. Um, she's afraid he'll obsess and plan until he drops dead. And she knows that he's reluctant to accept help, but... Tom has some new idea to bring people to town. Mm-hmm. And then we see Georgiana, paint Georgiana and Co. painting <laughs> with the vicar. Uh, Georgiana is questioning the Bible, and <laughs> then she shows her painting, and it causes a big stir. But we never see what the painting is. I'm so disappointed. <gasps> I wonder because you know we've learned that PBS has censored all the butts. The butts. What if it was? What if we do see it? So maybe we'll have to buy the whole season at some point and be like, "What is this painting?" Actually, I just saw someone post on some Facebook Jane Austen group, uh huh, and they were asking about the painting. Like, was it just censored in America's version? Was it in the original British version? And People were like, no, we never saw it. Oh. So. Then it must have been, you know, frontal. <laughs> I don't know. It's so such a tease. Why even have a scene I where know. you're going to like show it to us, but not just. I, I even rewound it the first time I watched it going, did I miss this? Was I looking away? <laughs> yeah, what's also crazy is that, I mean, I don't remember any specifically of the artwork in Lady Denham's house having nudity, but I guarantee you some of them were. Oh yeah, yeah, there's kind of statues. And, and, yeah, like, yeah, classic. So it stuff. seems at this point it's not like a picture; it's a painting. Yeah. Well, it's not censoring it for them. Maybe it's, it's supposed it to <laughs> be "quote unquote" censored for more effect. Like, oh my god, it was that bad. Or... I wasn't sure because it looked definitely dark. Like, yeah, there was like a lot of like black in the corners of the painting that I could see. Hmm. Ah. But the other two girls were just like boring beach scenes. <laughs> Although they looked. Nice. They even said that the colors were pretty. So. Yeah. Okay, so Stringer comes over, and Charlotte says that he just missed Mr. Parker. That's all there really is to that scene. But Sydney now can't leave because of Georgiana. Mm-hmm. Lord Babington is determined to try for Esther one more time. Mm-hmm. And she asks why he keeps... <laughs> oh yes he comes over and she asks why he keeps trying when he's met with so little civility <laughs> <laughs> she's very direct yeah he says he likes what's difficult <laughs> <laughs> the more she rejects him the more he desires her unfortunately she's not really biting nope and so he has to go <laughs> he's like I, you know I'm not going to push it too far but just know <laughs> I want you even more because of it <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I, I, this scene, because we get close-ups of Lord Babington, I was like, I feel like for the first time for me, at least in one of these adaptations, that I don't think there are really any unattractive people in this one. I feel like everyone is very attractive. Yeah, everybody. Just everyone's like very symmetrical and very good looking, which is, a, <laughs> you know, sometimes 
people aren't. So yeah, well, usually on TV, most people are. <laughs> most people are, but you know, it's I have the same thing with like when you watch like Sex and the City and like all the men that they're like, he's so attractive. I'm like, these are the ugliest people I've ever seen. <laughs> so not the same. That's the same, but you know. Yeah. So not always. Not, not in everyone's always. eyes. Yeah. Yeah. But these are pretty people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So okay, then Sydney is talking to Georgiana. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, he is so obnoxious, exclamation point. <laughs> I don't remember exactly what he says, but. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, Charlotte comes in to see Georgiana. Apparently, Sydney thinks she's a bad influence. Oh, Lord. And she thinks he's confounding, <laughs> which just means he drives me crazy, but I saw him naked and now I can't stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so Tom arrives at Lady Denham's, and he's brought a physician. He's a specialist in hydropathy. <laughs> I was like, hydrotherapy? No. Hydropathy. hydropathy. Uh, he's named Dr. Fuchs, or Fox, as it sounds like they're saying <laughs> at first, Fox? or maybe Fox. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I you say it in German. Yeah. Fuchs, Fuchs, I think. is probably the right one. But he's giving a demonstration. Yes, he's German, and he's very attentive to the ladies. He seems to especially be taken with Mary Parker. Yeah, which is, <laughs> which she immediately is like, gross. <laughs> I mean, I was like, is it just because she's like blonde and like German looking? <laughs> I was like, maybe she looks familiar. He's like, oh, you look like the woman back home. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte comes upon Sydney, and he's an ass as usual. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I, think, I write stuff and I'm like, I don't even remember what this is pertaining to. But. <laughs> I think it's both of those times you just mentioned where when she shows up and he's like, can't you avoid me? Like, oh, I can't avoid yeah. running into you yeah, or whatever. Every time. And she's like, I'm not doing it on purpose. Trust me. I live in this house right now. So yeah, I'm going to run into you. And he was dummy. in the living room and she <laughs> was like, maybe choose someone more discreet. <laughs> oh yeah. That's when he's like, I tried. Mm. Rude. <laughs> So Tom insists, though, that Sydney come see this demonstration. He's like pull teeth to get Sydney to do anything. Well, apparently uh, he's always got something else to do. Which, <laughs> like waiting to see what that something else is. Yeah, let's see. So, but when we get to see Diana um, and Arthur, they're walking to the demonstration. <laughs> she's, oh no no no, they're at the demonstration. She's cataloging her ailments to the doctor, <laughs> <laughs> and she's excited for any treatment. Edward takes Clara on a turnabout the room, our favorite. <laughs> we've, it's been a while since we've had a turnabout the room. I know, and a male-female turnabout the room. Mm-hmm. How interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Forward. They basically discuss who's going to end up with the house. And meanwhile, Esther is working on Lady Denham, trying to be like, you know, implying, oh, she's charity and mm-hmm. she hates charity, so... Sydney leaves abruptly because I, I can't. I can't stress enough how much he tries to be crazy. I'm sure. I feel like this is just a Sydney hate podcast now, and everyone's yep. gonna hate us for this. Well, they can get over it because he's <laughs> rude and not supportive. Just, it's taking me a really long time to find any redeeming qualities in him. He's just such an ass. Besides being hot, <laughs> <laughs> Clara is flirting. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, oh, with uh, Edwin. Edward. Edward. <laughs> Don't know where Edwin's from. Uh, y- yes, but I would say in a way because she knows that he's stupid and can be easily persuaded to do yeah, whatever. Yeah. 
Uh, Diana and Mar- Arthur are getting mud masks. When Clara returns, Lady Denim wants to revisit the terms of her stay all of a sudden. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, I wonder why. Esther just has to have one little word with her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, wait a minute. Dr. Fuchs wants to demonstrate his machine before he's kicked out. It's a miraculous, it's a shower. <laughs> <laughs> Or a shower bath, as they call it. Shower bath. It did have a tub. Because it wasn't like held up anywhere. You had to hold it yourself. Clara volunteers to try it out. Mm -hmm. And then we cut over to the job site. We see Stringer complaining to his dad, who's working too hard, that he was promised more men that he hasn't gotten. Yeah. Meanwhile, Clara is taking her shower bath, and she seems to be enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> she's all, ooh. I said she's making, like, cooing noises. I know. I mean, how could you not? I, I would have second thoughts about doing what she did just because I'd be like, I, I won't want be able to use this anymore. <laughs> they all sit around and watch this curtain <laughs> as Clara concocts a nefarious plan. She deliberately burns her arm with a triumphant smile. Like a freak. And then she screams out like she's just impaled herself. Mm-hmm. Lady Denham wants the doctor removed. Immediately. I said, how dare you disgrace that cute little doctor. <laughs> <laughs> He's so nice. Leave him alone. I know. He leaves and everyone's upset. And Esther sees straight through Clara's ruse. There is not mm-hmm. even a second that she wonders if that was real or not. That's because they're the same person. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Do you think Esther would do that? Um, she burn herself? I feel like she would. Maybe she doesn't seem as violent. She seemed. She seems like a little bit more low-key. So I feel like she would do something equally serious in a way, but that wouldn't be overtly violent, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because Clara seems more like a little grandiose with her like gestures and her <laughs> way of trying to court, with for back of, for lack of a better term, Lady Denim. Yeah. But, um, Clara, uh, what's her name? Esther seems to be like more like, oh, I'm gonna work behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah. They're similar at least. Edward does not see through the ruse, however, and yeah, Ed, did I say Edward? Edward. Mm-hmm. Esther though says she will confront her. Okay, then Charlotte brings a letter from Tom to young Stringer. Young Stringer is upset (laughs) by the letter. While he's chatting, he says he wants to design and build his own town someday. And just as he starts flirting with Charlotte, his father falls and breaks his leg. Good lord. And it's very ow. (laughs) Yeah, snaps his tibia right in half. Oh my gosh, it looks so ow. I said, they won't give us butts, but they'll give us gore. (laughs) Seriously. Give me butts. <laughs> butts of recordings. <laughs> Cindy runs over like he's an EMT, and Charlotte rips her dress for a tourniquet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Charlotte is immediately in charge. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I said she could be the town doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. They take him to Trafalgar House. Uh, Charlotte basically takes charge. Dr. Fuchs comes back. They want to save the leg. Sydney is considerate with Stringer, and Charlotte is impressed. Like when he says, you know, you oh, step leave out. the room. <laughs> it's better yeah. for both of you. And sh- that's when Charlotte first, I think, is like, maybe he's not so horrible. 
<laughs> I just want to look at her and be like, it's just the feelings of the excitement. It's just the stirrings in your loins, girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all the commotion from all of this. That's true. It's not real. <laughs> well. He's evil. <laughs> he's not evil. I'm not going to go that far. He's not evil. <laughs> a jerk. He's a jerk. He's a jerk. She says she's not afraid of a little blood, so she assists the doctor. And they set the bone. And with a lot of gross sound effects. I, that's the worst to me is like the, the cracking, the bones cracking one. I, I'm always like, Bleh. The leg is saved. Hooray. Yay. Young Stringer is happy. That old Stringer is okay. <laughs> and I said Sydney is even a dick when he's trying to compliment her. <laughs> exactly. He can't help himself. But he asked her to forgive him. And she proceeds to tell him that he isn't helpful to Tom or nice to Georgiana. (laughs) (laughs) And he accepts her judgment this time. And he hopes that she wasn't embarrassed to see him naked. And she says, why should she be embarrassed? She was fully clothed. (laughs) That is my favorite part. (laughs) It's the funniest thing. Because he is like, oh, oh. You're right. I should be embarrassed. (laughs) Awkward. (laughs) Okay, so back at Sanditon House, Mm -hmm. Clara is playing up her patheticness. (laughs) (laughs) So ridiculous. Uh, And Esther is like, I would like to read to her for a little while. And when Lady Denham leaves, Esther says that she knows that she did it to herself. And Clara says, you'll never get rid of me. And she makes a crack about her brother being very easily led. And Esther, this is where Esther actually goes beyond the pale and i'm like mm-hmm. okay maybe you're not right either. <laughs> but she grabs her wound like taking her fingernails in mm-hmm. and asks how she likes that <laughs> <laughs> and clara does not even flinch she says you have no idea what i endured before i came here and you have no idea what i'll do to stay <laughs> <laughs> then she threatens to ruin edward and esther knows she'll trip herself up soon enough and she will be waiting it's so like chilling scene i'm like i know i'm like if you girls actually did work together you could probably get all the money and be like screw you Edward." yeah and split it right down the middle just be like hey lady denim you don't want to give this money to a man no split it between us (laughs) you know what kind of person he is or give us two thirds and then a third for the town (laughs) (laughs) okay so older stringer gets carried out and young Stringer goes up to Tom and is blaming him for not giving him more men right in the street. Well. <laughs> well there's a lot of people watching. Yeah. I said, uh, Tom may be falling apart at this Aww. point. He's looking a little pale. Um, hound dog. Or <laughs> I don't know, you know, like just uh, stressed, stressed the hell out. Stressed, that's it. Georgiana is jealous oh yeah so charlotte's telling her what all happened and georgiana's jealous because it sounds exciting <laughs> and she finds sanditon tedious and charlotte's like i don't <laughs> i find it so exciting <laughs> and then back at sanditon house lady denim is not impressed by the leg saving that dr right. fuchs did and tom is trying to convince her that he thinks that like he's their greatest hope and he insists that he stays and Lady Denham says that he will live with the consequences. Well, it seems so weird for her to be like, no, we don't need any sort of medical professional to live on the on Sanditon. I mean, come on, you're an old lady. You yeah. need a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, he knows how to do regular medical stuff and not like wellness stuff. 
Well, he, I mean, I don't think his wellness stuff was that bad. He had mud masks. No, no, no. Yeah. But I meant, like, the medical stuff is, like, definitely needed. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it seems like if he can at least do that, it's worth keeping him around. Yeah. And he seems to be mostly interested in, like, topical kind of mud masks and yeah, it's not like, massage type things yeah i, I mean the parasitic worms are a little weird but <laughs> i think it's was... leeches you know uh... and I, I think those are actually they do have some medical benefit like those were one of the mm-hmm. few things that they did back in those days that, that actually could help in certain situations yeah, i guess it's better than them just slicing a person better than them feeding them mercury or whatever yeah. crazy stuff they used to do Ugh. okay so then oh we were talking about tom trying to convince lady denim mm-hmm. that dr fuchs was staying and she says she'll live the consequences. Okay. And then young Stringer uh, comes up to Tom to apologize for speaking out of turn. And Tom says that he realizes that they need to improve the working conditions and that he will see to it that it's the least he can do. Very admirable. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope he actually can succeed on this. Yeah. Mary wants to know if all is well. And Tom lies and says that it is. <laughs> Tom. But Mary knows that that's not true. No. Mary seems like one of those, like, wives that would, if he had just told her, she'd be like, I'll fix it. Of course. I mean, she's... make everything right. I think Mary is the smartest. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so then Esther says that to Edward. says that Clara is no mouse, but a rat who would chew off her own tail to survive. (laughs) I was like, that's kind of apt. (laughs) She's definitely mutilated herself. Yeah, it was... That's so funny that they're, like, finally, like, seeing her for what she truly is. Yeah. Uh, It's funny because Esther doesn't seem to have any sympathy for Clara. (laughs) No. Well, I also, you know, we haven't really been even given a little bit about what Esther's been through. And it seems like she's been through hard stuff, too. So I wonder if maybe they have similar-ish paths. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Esther is currently being, I believe, you know. Taken advantage of. Yes, that's yes. the word. <laughs> I was like going through a Rolodex of different words in my head. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, oh, and then Charlotte and Sydney actually bond while playing historical boating reenactments with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess is just setting them in the water and if something falls over first. Well, then... I'll tell you, Sydney, not good at launching a boat. <laughs> <laughs> I said that fell into the reeds the minute it hit the water. <laughs> as soon as it hit the water, clear plump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Charlotte gives Charlotte an idea. She says Sanditon needs an event to draw people. A regatta! <laughs> Tom claims the idea is his own immediately. And the worst. <laughs> but Sydney does say that Miss Haywood deserves some of the credit. She prompted him to have the idea. <laughs> and, and she is just like, okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And then uh, we see Tom talking to Sydney again. Sydney's getting ready to leave, but he wants him to talk to the bank about extending his loan two or three thousand pounds. Which back then was a lot of money. <clears throat> Definitely a lot of money. But given that they are fairly rich, I don't know that um, yeah. they're building a whole town. I would think, if you've already speculated this far as the bank, I would, I don't know, I don't know. I feel like they could get more money, but maybe yeah. he's extended his credit pretty far. <laughs> yeah, I just think about like people's fortunes and like what we've learned so far about like the equivalence of it and just... I guess back then two or three thousand pounds would be a 
I think I just sound like a lot, but we're also, we're not rich people, so. Well, yeah, well, I mean, like, I think Mr. Bingley, like, lived off of 5000 a year, so I guess that would be still a lot. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be, like, it wouldn't be crazy these days, but it would just be a, a pretty big business loan. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nowadays, I would be, like, nothing, but. <laughs> well, yeah, two, th- two or three thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. But then you think about Georgiana having 100000 and it's like, that's, you know. Maybe she can spot you a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so just if Sydney was nice to her for one second, he could ask her and she would give it. Yeah, but not at this point. Nope. He's never been nice. <laughs> okay, so, so anyway, Sydney is reluctant, but he sees Charlotte out of the corner of his eye and was like, he remembers that he's awful, and so he agrees to help. <laughs> Thank goodness for Charlotte. Seriously. Reminding him. Grounding him. So then they all go out for an afternoon beach stroll, an evening beach stroll. Looks mm-hmm. so nice. And he and Mary are so sweet together. And Sydney asks Charlotte to keep an eye on Georgiana. And he finally admits to having the wrong opinion of her all this time. Mm-hmm. Georgiana says, oh, and then he goes to visit Georgiana before he leaves. And she very uncharacteristically says that she was wrong and that she will try to do better and i said it's doubtful judging by the plucky music as she watches him go (laughs) (laughs) because she pulls out a locket with a man's picture from her bosom and proceeds to write a letter (laughs) it's like who are we gonna meet the person who made her i guess not made her but the person who was responsible i guess for well the person person for them wanting to take her away from london exactly exactly so excited we'll get to meet him in the next episode (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that's it for the recap though what a good recap Alrighty, so for the deep dive for this week, I did the deep dive this week on Miss Lamb, even though probably should have done it last episode or the next episode because I feel like she's a bigger part of those, but Mm -hmm. you know, this is just the way I did it. (laughs) (laughs) And I got a lot, actually, it's kind of on Miss Lamb, but it's also kind of on, you know, the different races in England Mm -hmm. at the time and what was really happening in the world. Okay. And I got it from an article from Jane Austen's World called Miss Lamb and the Black Experience in Georgian England by Vic. <laughs> I don't know what Vic. I try to look it up and see, but it's just, just like Vic. one name. Okay, so Miss Lamb. So by the Regency era, the British Empire had pretty much spread all over the world. Right. And in England, the term black during that time was denoted any skin color other than white. Oh, okay. So that included people from Africa, the East Indies, which is like India, uh, the West Indies, the Caribbean. And Jane Austen probably would have met several people. She visited her brother and Henry. She visited her brother Henry in London many <laughs> times to meet with her publishers. Right. And she would have seen many. I'm I'm gonna stop saying blacks because the way it's written just makes me feel uh, uncomfortable. I'm gonna say people of color in the future, but just that's what the word yeah. they used at the time is blacks. I was going to say, and considering <laughs> that they referred to basically any non-white person as a black person, we'll just yeah. say people of color because yeah. 
could have been indigenous, could have been Latin, could have been anything. Yeah. Yeah, so there were several people of color who lived in Britain, most notably in London and in major port cities. Mm-hmm. By some estimates, there are around fifteen to 20,000 people of color in England at the time of the 18th century, 20% of whom were women, and around 10,000 lived just in London. Wow. Yeah. And I, I, didn't, I don't even know if I wrote any of this down in this deep dive, but I do know that Jane Austen described several people in her books as mm-hmm. like you know do you like fair or do you like dark and so i feel like there was a lot of darker complected people just in general in the right. in the town or you know like in england at the time just mm-hmm. anyway i just thought i'd point that out just because it's not like everybody was like a pale blonde in england right. you know besides like people of color yeah There's all sorts of yeah well when you spread your you know your you have all these colonies around the world because they had colonized, you know, places like Australia and India, and they were just all... Well, I think native, like, Celtic people also were, like, a darker skin. Yeah, so. I just saw something today that they're saying that Vikings may not have even been Scandinavian. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't read and really into it, but I just saw that recently, and I was like, that is something that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, you never know. History likes to change itself a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we learn new stuff, <laughs> and everything is different. Right. So... <laughs> Uh, slavery was mm-hmm. legal in Britain. Okay, <laughs> I was talking to you about this earlier. Mm-hmm. Okay. Slavery was legal in Britain until 1772. Wow. While servitude was preferred there over life in the West, like in a West Indies plantation, it still wasn't easy. Right. You know, there was yeah. not easy slavery. Right. Uh, but after the slaves were free, many of the male and, and females found work as servants, basically. Yeah. But kind of the same as what happened in America. Um, mm-hmm. During the Napoleonic Wars, many black males enlisted in the Navy and Army. But once the wars were over, these sailors and soldiers were no longer enlisted. And so they stayed in the port cities that they knew so well. But I also read oh. that the soldiers who did fight in those wars were denied, the black soldiers were denied the government stipend that they were supposed oh, to get Lord, for their uh... service. I think because they weren't like technically born in England or something like that. And so it resulted in a very poor black community of men in right. in London specifically, I believe. It's the same thing like after Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves here that he gave reparations to the slave owners to like qualm them to calm their worries about not having a labor force or whatever and didn't give anything to the black population, not well, giving them... he also them... died before he could, you know... Right, like, but, you know, yeah. it, there was never any sort of that reparation to kind of balance it out. So it seems like a similar yeah. situation almost. Yeah. So overt racism was pretty rampant. Servants, like, servants of the rich would be beautifully dressed, but they'd be treated like possessions, like a brood stallion or like a rare antique face or something. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of portraits that show noble women with their black servant, and they'd be sitting at the edge of the painting, which was basically only there to serve as like a contrast to the female's creamy white skin. And it also would show the differential between males and their black servants. Gotcha. Or, yeah. yeah. But not all was misery for all Georgian people of color. <laughs> There's a woman, Dido Elizabeth Bell Lindsay, uh-huh. who had, she 
she was an heiress born illegitimately in the British West Indies of a British Navy captain, Sir John Lindsay, and Maria Bell, an African woman whom he captured from a Spanish ship. Hmm. Dido was sent to England as a child and brought up by Sir John's uncle, Lord Mansfield, and his wife, who were childless. Elizabeth Murray, Dido's cousin, was motherless, and the two girls were raised together, but Dido, while beloved, was not always invited to dine with the guests. Wow. Um, there's a film called Belle, and I think that's about her. Oh. And she expresses the same sentiments as a governess. Her position was too high to eat with the servants and too low to eat with the guests. You know, she was mm. kind of like in the middle. But she did eventually marry. She had three children. She died in 1804 at 42. And oh. compared to a lot of the like people of color, her contemporaries at the time, she kind of led an idyllic life compared to yeah, a lot of them. I can imagine. But there were some other success stories. There's a boxer named Bill Richmond. Uh-huh. Or also, I think he might have also been known as Ignatius Sancho. Or maybe this is a different person. Sancho was a protege of the Duke and Duchess of Montague. And while working in their household, he had access to their books and taught himself to read. And I think I think they encouraged him and taught him more. But he's now celebrated as a writer, composer, shopkeeper, and abolitionist. Wow. And it would have been interesting to know how Jane Austen would have fully developed Miss Lamb and what information she learned about the West Indies and people of color in the Navy from her sailor brothers who were in the Navy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then even though, I mean, it was hard to do one on just Georgiana because obviously there's not... She's barely mentioned in the excerpt. Like they just basically say, "There's Miss Lamb. She's kind of sickly and very rich, and that's all they say about her." (laughs) Oh, and she's half mulatto or whatever. And Uh but from what I can tell from watching the series, I am going to do her astrology, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'm going to say Scorpio. (laughs) I thought about it a lot, and I thought she definitely seems like a water sign because she seems like definitely um ruled by her emotions yeah it seems like. i thought maybe she could be a fire sign too like maybe like a sagittarius or something but i went with scorpio they are passionate and assertive determined and decisive ruled by water they live to express and experience emotions though they manifest this differently than other water signs you can be sure they will keep your secrets <laughs> they're known for their calm cool behavior and their mysterious appearance Scorpios hate dishonesty, and they can be very jealous and suspicious. But once a Scorpio falls in love, they are dedicated and faithful. They're also quick-witted and intelligent, and very emotional. And when they're in pain, they <laughs> when they're in pain, it's simply impossible to make them feel better. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that really sounded like Georgiana a lot. Oh yeah, I think a lot of those points really match with her. <laughs> yeah, and then if we were gonna do Dungeons and Dragons. I would say like a chaotic good, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Chaotic, yeah. Because she's not ever nefarious or, you know, she does seem to like want to be a good person and do good things. It just seems like she's in the situation where she is very stifled. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, chaotic good sounds really good. <laughs> <sighs> Lawful good for Charlotte and chaotic good. <laughs> Do we want to go ahead and do our favorite moments before we do the yeah. quiz? Yeah. Okay. 
Um, I think my favorite moment is the little discussion that Charlotte and Sydney have where he's basically like kind of sort of trying to redeem himself and he makes that little comment about how, oh, she shouldn't feel embarrassed about what happened. And then she shoots back <laughs> immediately, why should I feel embarrassed? I was fully clothed. Yes. And just the look on his face. I thought it was so funny. And yeah. She was so clever. Definitely. Oh, my gosh. There's so many great moments in this mm-hmm. episode. I'm just looking over and, uh, you know, I just, I love Lord Babington and Esther, even though yes. I still that's just a little bit. I loved, I loved the doctor mm-hmm. and that whole scene, even though... I think Clara burning herself really gotta. Yeah. Ma- I mean, you know, <laughs> it's so good, but like, just put a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, and the big like breaking of the leg and all that—that that was very exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. But I, you know what? I think my favorite is actually Esther and Clara, and they're like tete mm-hmm. on tete when Esther oh, sticks yeah. her nails into Clara. I mean, that one is an intense scene, and oh yeah, it just yeah. It's very, I like to see women in these time period being portrayed a lo- like differently than they normally are. Not as like, are. you know, oh, she's just a calm, yeah. peaceful, like nothing. Yeah. And they're not like, they're both very smart. Yeah. And they're both know what they're doing. And neither of them are like letting their emotions get the better of them, you know? No, yeah. They're very in control. <laughs> yes. So I just thought that was a really great scene too. Oh, yeah. I love it. And I feel like it makes the characters so much more complex. Like, I'm like, I want to know what each of these women have been through. I know. I mean, that's a good reason to have a season two, if they don't mm-hmm. explain it to us this season. Seriously. <laughs> All right. And so, well, we have a quiz for this episode. Yes. I found a fun little quiz. Who's your Sanditon sweetheart? This is a PBS quiz. Mm-hmm. I was so <laughs> excited to find it on the website. I know. That's cool. All right. Are we ready? Yeah. All right. Who's your Sanditon sweetheart? Love is in the salty sea air of Sanditon. Want to know who your Sanditon sweetheart would be? <laughs> find your perfect match. Let's start the quiz. All right. Question one. You want to surprise your sweetheart with a gift. What are you getting them? A bouquet of their favorite flowers and a surprise getaway? A horse-drawn carriage ride through the park, a trip to the museum for the two of us, a few new books from their re- their to-read list, plus some chocolates, tickets to see their favorite sports team, or diamonds. My partner has fine taste. <laughs> well, I feel like I should be a man answering this. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, a, I guess it doesn't really matter. I'm gonna do the bouquet and the getaway because I would like to go somewhere too. <sighs> that one's a good one. Gosh, I don't know. I'm not going to do any of this stuff, but I will say for the sake of the quiz, a horse-drawn carriage ride through the park. That's a good That'd one, too. Fun. All right. Choose another favorite masterpiece character. Some of these I won't know, so if you know where they're from, just... Oh, my gosh. That's not know. the question I got. No? Mine says pick a color. Oh, no. <laughs> that's a random quiz. Oh, no. Oh, great. Okay. Well, I guess... We can just You say it. yours, and I'll say mine. Okay, so choose another favorite masterpiece character, Tom Branson, Lady Mary. Okay, now the rest of the ones I don't know. Caroline Anise, Larry Durrell. I think that's from the Durrells and Kofu. Okay, Prince Albert. That's from Victoria. Right, and then Demelza Poldark. Poldark, from that show Poldark. Right, right, right. Okay, well, since I only know two of them, 
Which one are you going to pick? I'm going to go with Lady Mary because she was always my favorite. Okay. Um, mine just says pick a color. So I'm going to go here with navy blue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you cherish most in your ideal partner? What do you get? A different one? I got a different question. Okay. Man, this is confusing. <laughs> this is so annoying. All right. What do you cherish most about your ideal partner? Patience, wit, loyalty, independence, kindness, or aspiration? Patience. Because <laughs> I am not always the best person. I think I'm going to say kindness when I get to that one. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Mine is pick a classic romantic comedy, and it says, Say Anything, The Notebook, When Harry Met Sally, Ten Things I Hate About You, She's All That, or Notting Hill. Oh, gosh. It's been a really long time since I've seen any of these <laughs> movies. Oh, I guess maybe When Harry Met Sally. Okay. That's now I've one. got the what do you cherish most in your ideal partner. <laughs> what do you have? <laughs> Which house would you and your partner live in? Oh, you didn't even get pick a favorite color. Man. Not yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Cherish an ideal partner. I'm going to say kindness for mine. Kindness? Yeah. That's a good one. All right. So which house would you and your partner live in? Um, it doesn't give any names. So I'm going to kind of describe them. Um, this one is kind of like a very big brick country estate. It's really pretty. The one below it is like a New York brownstone. Okay. Um, then like a big modern home. A very big like stone classical like manor. A beach house. Nice. And like almost like a Mr. Darcy kind of house is the last one. Like a really big like just insane. Oh, uh-huh. Insane house. <laughs> um, personally, I would say New York brownstone because I want to live in New York. Okay. <laughs> I know. Did we already do, you're planning a surprise date for you and your sweetheart. What do you have planned? Nope. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. That's what my question says. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's classic romantic comedy. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Um, my choices are a trip to the spa for the weekend, just the two of us, mm-hmm. a rented limo, bottles of champagne, a live show. We're going all out. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, romantic dinner with Rose's candle, followed by a moonlit walk. Oh, that's sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, dinner and seeing a romantic comedy at the movie theater. My partner prefers staying in and streaming a movie with popcorn and wine. <laughs> what if you do? Um, <laughs> a night out at the local pub playing some billiards together. So a surprise date, I, I'm going to say a trip to the spa for the weekend. I mean, I don't yeah, know if my partner fun. wants it, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun. For my romantic comedy, I'm going to do She's All That because I haven't watched it in a while, but yeah. I love that one. All right, what's your next question? Mine is time for a vacation. Where are you and your sweetheart off to on a trip? What's yours? <laughs> Which flowers would you buy for oh your partner? Oh, my God. <laughs> this quiz. <laughs> This is going to be so confusing. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to know what these flowers are, but I'll give my best try it when it's my Just turn. Just give us the colors. <laughs> We've got a purple. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what they're called, but I see them all the time. Well, do you want to just pick one and then when we get to colors, maybe, or when I get to that one, you're more maybe I can describe savvy. that one better. Yeah. I'll pick one and then this one looks more like it's got like baby's breath and like wild stuff in it. So oh, I'll do okay. That one. Cool. Okay, my choices for vacation is Paris, London, Hong Kong, Cape Cod, Las Vegas, or Rome. Oof, some Um, good choices. I'm going to say, I've never been to Rome, but I've always wanted to go see, I mean, the classical stuff. Mm -hmm. I've only been to Rome once, but we were, it was on a school trip, and we, the only place we went is by the Vatican, which was the worst place to be. (laughs) 
it was so dirty and like so many people there it was the worst uh-huh. i but, just want to go like see the coliseum and all the yeah, old stuff like that same that's all i would want to see i would pick because since i'm on this question might as well do it i'll pick paris because i've never been oh there. you're on that one okay yes yeah mine okay my next question is which house would you and your partner live in oh that you already described all these mm-hmm. I picked the New York Brownstone. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to say the beach house. I mean, if I can have a house on the beach, then I'll take it, yeah. Seriously. (laughs) All right, I have the surprise date for me and my sweetheart, and what am I planning? Okay, and I have pick a love song. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that must be my last two with the color, because I haven't got one of those questions yet. (laughs) I'm going to say for my surprise date... I would say the dinner because food. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then I have Pick a Love Song. And it's Can't Help Falling in Love by Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. I'm Not in Love by 10CC. I don't know that one. Me neither. Uh, She's Always a Woman by Billy Joel. I Say a Little Prayer by Aretha Franklin. Queen. Yeah, I know. Your Song by Elton John or What's Love Got to Do With It by Tina Turner. Oh, my God. How am I going to pick? I'm going to say a state little prayer because I love Rita Franklin so much. Who doesn't? I got Pick Your Favorite Color or Pick A Color. <laughs> and I got Which Flowers Would You Buy? Okay, good luck. <laughs> okay. I'm going to pick green for mine. Okay. Okay, so the flowers from before that we were wondering, we got mm-hmm. like, uh, they're all arrangements, so they're not just one kind. So we got like yellow kind of flowers mm-hmm. like a lot of different yellow ones is that the one you picked no 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 you picked the one at the bottom i think okay yeah and then we got a, all pink with a lot of roses mm-hmm. we got some orchids that's the one we got some blue and orange carnations mm-hmm. very gators <laughs> not for me <laughs> and we have like some daisies and baby's breath which i guess is the one you did yes that's and then another one that just looks like a bunch of different wildflowers but i'm gonna go with the orchids because i love orchids that's a word I couldn't remember for some reason. I'm really bad with plans. <laughs> okay, and then right. is this this is my last one? Mm-hmm. This one is choose another favorite masterpiece character. Right, I got the pick a love song. Okay, I'm gonna go with "What's Love Got to Do with It" by Tina Turner. <laughs> <laughs> favorite masterpiece character. Okay, I would say Prince Albert just because I really love Victoria, but honestly, he's not my favorite character from the show. I'll say. Tom Branson, because you went with Lady Mary. Yes. Tom was my second choice. A really nice person. <gasps> Who'd you get? I got Esther Denham. <laughs> <laughs> All that, and we get the same character. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Your sweetheart is Esther. You're not easily fooled by her chilly exterior. She may be blunt, but deep down, Esther is just looking to be loved like all of us. Her sense of humor, honesty, and wit are irresistibly charming to you, and you love a challenge, making Esther the perfect mate for you. Just call me Lord Babington, because I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not technically who I wanted, but... I'm surprised, because we picked different answers on all of them, I'm pretty sure. And we both got Esther... (laughs) Yeah, I'll have to try that quiz later just to make sure because I'll be very upset if it's always Esther. Not that I, I don't like Esther. I it would always be Esther. I guess. We just know what we like. We, we like Esther. <laughs> <laughs> We're like devious <laughs> people. Oh, that's so funny. Well, that was fun and, yes. you know, perfect timing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
All right. So what else left? Oh, recommendations. Recommendations. I can go ahead and go if you'd like. If you have yours, you can go ahead. I do. And I'm going to recommend something that you recommended to me yesterday. And I watched the whole thing last night. And it's called Pretend It's a City. (laughs) (laughs) It's on Netflix. And it's a... Docu-series? Docu-series, kind of, about Fran Lebowitz, Mm -hmm. directed by Martin Scorsese. And it's just like a bunch of interviews with her. Some, I imagine, were just done, but some over the years. Some where she's the interviewer. And Mm -hmm. very interesting. I'm sure I've heard of her before, but I hadn't really ever, you know, known who she was. And... Very cool. Very interesting documentary about just a very interesting person who, Mm -hmm. you know, very unique. And I love that she has done all this crazy stuff. She knows all these people. Oh, yeah. And she just still seems very, like, down to earth. She doesn't care what you think of anything. And so I'm definitely going to recommend that one because it's really cool. And it's, like, just half-hour episodes. Mm -hmm. Like It's very quick Seven or nine half-hour episodes. Mm -hmm. Very easy to watch. I ended up watching the whole thing last night. I was like, I watched the first couple and I was like, okay, I'll watch something else now. And then I couldn't find anything else to watch. (laughs) I just said, you know what? I'm just going to finish this. And yeah, Yeah. really cool on Netflix. She is just one of those people who is like a masterful speaker. Mm -hmm. She just understands, I don't know, like timing and all that stuff. And I just, it's so, like, easy to listen to her talk the whole time. It doesn't even feel like it's been 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. And just, like, that, like, the fact that she'll casually, dr- like, uh, name drop. Like, her best, <laughs> one of her best friends was Toni Morrison, of all people. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a really great part of an interview they did, I think, for the New York Public Library years ago that's featured in it that I want to look up. But there is also, I found out, a another, like, early version of this, kind of, that her and Martin Scorsese did called Public Speaking. Oh. That was done, I want to say, maybe 10-ish years ago in New York. I think at Madison Square. I can't remember where it was done. It's somewhere. I don't know where it's at, but you can probably find it somewhere, and it's supposed to be really, really good. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I definitely, I want to, like, look up her writing and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, after all this, I want to order her books and, like, read them. Because (laughs) she's got such a very specific point of view, and... It's almost like the way she delivers it is so convincing. You're like, well, yeah, I think that too. <laughs> <laughs> but she's really kind of like just talking about New York most of the time. Yeah. And, you know, kind of like what's going on in the world a little bit. But mm-hmm. like very cool, very interesting. Yeah. Lady. She's such a really, a real one of a kind person. Yeah. My favorite kind of people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she's, uh, yeah, I just listen to her talk all day. So for my recommendation this week, I'm going to do a music album. Surprise, surprise. It's called Shea Butter Baby by Ari Lennox. Okay. And Ari Lennox is this, it was released in 2019. She's this, uh, at the time, was a little bit new on, like, the popular scene, um, an R&B singer. And she's got a beautiful voice. And I I might be wrong, but I think she's from Chicago. Uh-huh. And so this album starts, the first song is called Chicago Boy. And it starts with this, like, really beautiful trumpet, like, super jazzy and it just sounds so, I don't know, like the ambient almost. Like it's just so beautiful and That's she cool. sounds great. And it's like this weird like twist on like the old sounding like old Chicago jazzy R&B sounds with like new modern lyrics and everything. Uh-huh. And she's just really, really good. And I 
for some reason, I had this album the whole time, never listened to it, and then just started, and I've just, all I've been listening to for the past couple of days. Oh, that's cool. That and the new Jasmine Sullivan album, which will probably be a future, future re- recommendation <laughs> for me. But she has a song with Ari Lennox that's really good, too. Uh-huh. So well, that's cool. That. We never did a playlist for the podcast, no, did we? I literally Because think... I'm always like, oh, I should remember this, and then I forget it, and then I... <laughs> I... I've still been keeping up on the David Lynch weather reports playlist. Though. <laughs> yes. I'm going to make that a project of mine now that I'm, I'm taking a semester off of school. Um, because I do, during the week, think about this playlist. And I'm like, I've got to make this playlist. And then I forget. But I will make it a project of mine. Yes. It will come someday. Don't, don't you <laughs> worry. I know people are beating down our doors for it. Right. <laughs> it's really just for me. <laughs> It'll just be the sounds of manners and madness. <laughs> I do have, or I had started a long time ago, I never made it public or anything, a playlist, a Manners and Madness playlist that's just the soundtracks to the things we've covered uh-huh. so far. And I was keeping up like this one, you know, right? but I haven't kept up. I think probably because we started doing a book and I was like, well, there's no soundtrack for that. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'll get that playlist out because I actually would want to do that now. I love making playlists and it's weird that I have not made this one yet. <laughs> Yes, that would be awesome. Okay, well, that's it for this week. Mm-hmm. Um, if you would like to contact us. Yes, you could email us at mannersofmadness at gmail.com. You can DM us uh, at Twitter at mannersofmadness. Nope, at mannersofmadness. <laughs> um, you can DM us on Instagram at mannersofmadnesspod. And you can leave us a minute-long voicemail at mannersofmadness.com. Yes, and you can find all of our platforms there and Mm -hmm. our RSS feed if you wanted to put it on a different platform. And we would love it if you would give us a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. You just have to press a star. Yes, and you can leave leave a rating without having to leave a review. Yes. So if you just want to click that five star and then be done, you're good to go. We would be happy. We'll notice, don't worry. Yes. (laughs) It would just be nice to help us get a little more exposure, too. Yeah, definitely. And we'll be back next week with part four of Sanditon, the halfway point. And that's where we're going to take a pause on Sanditon and Mm -hmm. do a little bit of David Lynch. But we'll be back very Very shortly. So Very exciting. But next week, part four, the halfway mark in Sanditon. (laughs) I can't believe it's going to come to an end. Well, we still got quite a ways. Don't worry. Sanditon's going to last us for a while. I know. It's just so good. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, that's it. I'm always <laughs> Same. like, I got, nope, that's not, nothing, nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will catch y'all next week. Yes. Good. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank I'm, you for listening. Good night. Bye. <laughs> good night. <laughs>